0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Padreplegics. Today we have an extremely cool and special guest, the powerful, inspirational Dominic Corden. But like always, before we get started, I got to go through these housekeeping items really quick. First of all, our sponsors, Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Association. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. The website is azspinal.org. You can call them at 602-507-4209. Ask for Eric. He'll answer the phone. Again, like I told you, he loves the 330 AM or maybe 4 a.m. calls. Yep. Uh, you know, call him with all your problems and issues. He loves it. It's his favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> this podcast can be found on what you're watching it right now. Maybe YouTube. It can be found on YouTube. Maybe azspinal.org forward slash podcast. Uh, On Facebook, uh, the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Friends group. Uh, Audio-wise, you can check us on Spotify and on iTunes. Do us a favor. If you enjoy us, if you enjoy the podcast, click right underneath. Hit the subscribe button. Even hit the alert button, and you'll never have to worry about it again. Every time we post one, our beautiful faces and or our beautiful voices will pop up directly to your phone. So please do that. Leave a message, leave a, leave a comment. If you have any questions, we'll get to them. Um, yeah, Don, Eric, LaRonda, and myself have 100 plus years of living with a disability. We are not medical professionals, okay? So if you are having medical issues, please contact your doctor and or 911. We are only here to share our stories, share our experiences, and bring other inspirational, powerful people to talk to, to show you what it's like to live with the disability and be able to move on with your lives and those type of things and answer questions or however you want to whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mature language and content, mostly from Don and Eric. So they swear a lot. I apologize. Uh, But, you know, what are you going to do? Don't sue us, please. If you're going to sue anybody, sue Eric. I don't know which side of him I'm on, so I'm going to point all different directions. Sue Eric, he loves it. He's looking for that first lawsuit, so um, and he's got all the monies. All right, on Money. to the show. No. Uh, just to, to the show. Just just to add, we're also on
1: uh, iHeartRadio. So oh, iHeartRadio. Yeah, that just happened not too long ago. So all
0: right, you can check us on iHeartRadio as well. Um, on to the show. Special guest, Mr. Dominic Corden, fellow Michigander. Welcome, my friend. Welcome.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for having
0: me. My dog is So, Don, you've, uh, Dom, I say Dom, Dom, Don. You know, this is going to be one of those shows where Don and Dom aren't going to know who we're talking to. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Dom, you've been in a, a, a chair since what, 94? Um, so you want to kind of go through a little bit and explain, uh, what your injuries
2: are and, and, uh, how you, how you became injured and all that stuff real quick. Sure. Um, so the quick and dirty is, um, three weeks after my 16th birthday, I was driving home from soccer practice, uh, back in Michigan and, uh, I was a sophomore in high school, just got my license. And, uh, like I said, driving home, I got about a mile and a half from my house and uh, lost control on the ice and slid off the road, ended up catapulting my car about 18 feet into a tree. Uh, the tree, the car hit the tree with the roof and the roof crushed down onto my back and crushed two vertebrae on my back and mm-hmm. severed my spinal cord. So ended up with a complete spinal cord injury from T5-6 down. Um, spent about I uh, spent a week in the rehab unit, or sp- spent a week in the ICU unit, um, and uh, they did surgery on my back, and put my back together, um, and then spent six weeks in a rehab hospital up there called Mary Free Bed, and- uh, Hey, I'm an alum.
0: I'm a oh, Mary Freebed alum. <laughs> 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 I figured as All much, right. man. Sorry to interrupt
2: that, but I love to see of a Mary course. Free Bed um so yeah so six weeks in Mary free bed and uh got out on thursday friday morning went back to school and just been wheeling like crazy ever since
0: so i got a question for you when it comes to like that Well, you got an auto accident i also was in an auto accident um you know how how long did it take for when you got in your accident to when somebody like called the ambulance or and you got to the hospital
2: so crazy thing was um when my car slid out I almost hit a car in the oncoming lane she actually stopped and and because she saw my car already backwards and going off the road and so she stopped and a guy actually heard accident he was in the woods across the street getting ready to go hunting and heard the accident and so he came running and so everyone was there basically upon impact they called paramedics paramedics were there within minutes Um, I was only about three miles outside of town so those boys were up and into me right away so I fortunately didn't sit and wait, you know, or, you know, it was pinned for very long. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's one of the things, you know, I, when I, when I was there, I was on the side of the road for about 45 minutes to an hour before anybody came to me. Um, but I was just wondering because that was one of the experiences that I remember the most um, is after my accident, having to lay there and be there and, Kind of feeling this uh, strange. I don't know if it was a, a, a sort of DMT type of situation, right, where your brain is flooding, flooding you with all these different things, and having such a clear mind and in that situation and that difficult time. I I just wondered if if that if that had happened to you or, or
2: not. So it, sometimes, you know, I was like, and it's interesting that you say that too. That that you were so aware. Um, And I've heard so many stories of people where they remember everything, you know, they remember in an accident, they remember the sounds of, you know, the, the glass breaking and things like that. I don't remember anything from about two blocks after leaving my school until days into the hospital. I have no recollection of my accident, of the, the rescue or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that, kinda ha-
0: that probably helps a little bit with not mm-hmm. having to deal with the PTSD or the post-traumatic I- issues that go along with, you know, riding in cars again or driving cars again, right? So, I mean, I know a lot of people yeah. deal with that. If they've been in an accident, you know, a catastrophic auto accident, you know, getting back in and driving a car can be a very scary proposition for some people.
2: Definitely, definitely, and and that I, I agree too. Is is that I felt a little fortunate that I don't remember because um, I never had any nightmares or mm. you know, like you say, the the PTSD sort of effect. Um, I used to get a little bit um, a little bit nervous if I was a passenger and somebody would go, like, say, off the road a little bit, like across the white line. You know, you'd see them drift a little bit. Um, I'd start to get real nervous and, and didn't really understand why. Um, because, again, I didn't remember crashing. And, and I was the driver. So, you know, it, it was a whole different situation.
0: Yeah. Eric, Dom.
3: Yeah. I have a question, Dominic. I think, did you say you left the hospital and then within a day or two, you were already back in school? Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I I literally left the rehab hospital Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, I went back to school for half a day. And then Monday I was back full time.
3: That's a, that's amazing because so many people after such a traumatic, uh, change to their life you know it takes them months to years to kind of adapt to it and to be comfortable being out again and mm-hmm. do you i uh, how did you manage that or do you, do you have any thing you accredit that to or, or i mean was it just your mind that you were going to get back i mean that's i just think that's pretty amazing what you did yeah right
4: yeah. yeah, it is yeah because it's took it me eight months to go back to school Did it? Okay. Yeah. It it, it took me eight eight months, but then I had another traumatic injury after, like, you know, accident happened in my life, and then I was basically out of school for about a year and a half because I had just initially started high school. So you were in high school also. So how did how was that like going? (laughs) You know. Yeah,
2: I mean, so there's there's two things that that you know mm -hmm. two sides of it on on the physical Mm -hmm. side you know, I was 16 years old at peak physical condition. I was a varsity soccer goalie. You know, I was a gym rat. i had always been an athlete. And, and in my accident, I only had the two broken vertebrae. I had no internal injuries. I had no other injuries whatsoever in the accident. So I healed very, very quickly physically, and I was already in good physical shape. So so the physical part of it was, was very quick. Um, on the mental side of it, honestly, the, the, the probably the best, most pivotal part of it was my dad at one point was sitting on my bed and, and I was going through the Y me's in the hospital. You know, why did this happen to me? I always felt, you know, I was a good kid. I was an honor roll student. I didn't do drugs. I wasn't into anything bad. And, and so I was wondering why, you know, why I got punished. You know, I was a soccer player that just got my legs taken away. Right. And, and my dad said to me, you know, he sat down on my bedside and he says, you know, he said, you're dealt the cards you're dealt. He goes, you just got to play them the best you can. And, it, you know, it hit me and it's like, okay, so why me is not fixing my back? Why me is not, you know, sitting here pondering is not doing any good. Mm-hmm. So let's see what we can do with this. And, and it was full charge from there. Um, I was very fortunate in the hospital that my recreational therapist Um, she was very adamant about getting me back into sport of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, she was a big one to put like sports and spokes magazine on my bedside table. Um, you know, having mentors come in and talk to me, um, any chance they could to bring me to like a basketball practice or a tennis tournament or whatever they could on outings, they were doing that showing me what was possible um and and so i got a lot of uh, a lot of like food for knowledge um sort of i guess you know when when i was in the hospital cuz doc was like oh you know you can't do any sports or anything for the first year well, you got to go was doctor this- Howe. <laughs> no, <laughs> no no. Um, <laughs> i'm just I'm sorry <laughs> I can't actually remember my doctor's names. Um, I think it was, there was Dr. Easton, I think was my orthopedic. And so the, the, on top of going back to school right away, um, I also got right back into sports right away. So my, I was required, I think it was like, two months outpatient physical therapy um, after I got out of the rehab hospital. And the first day I go to my assessment, to my new outpatient PT, and she does my assessment and she goes, well, you can already do everything I need to tick off the list, (laughs) but you're required to do all of this. She goes, I've got you for two months, like whether you like it or not. So what are we going to do? And I said, I found out that she was actually a triathlete and Mm -hmm. I said, well, you know, I'm really interested in this wheelchair road racing, you know, maybe can you train me on the competitive level rather than just like a recovery level? I said, would you be willing to do that? And she said, absolutely. So my outpatient physical therapy was actually training for my first road race. Oh, and man. I entered my first wheelchair road race five months after my date of injury. Jesus.
1: That is amazing. <laughs> Super
2: getting... cool, man. Super cool. cool. Question, cool. Right? Uh, I entered a, what was it? Like an 8k, um, did my first road race and then just have been doing sport ever since
1: question for you so when you had your injury before and after what happened with the social group of people because you know you probably had a group of friends and what happened in that transition because it you know that's such a fast transition i mean were they questioning if you were actually disabled were they you know what was going on in their heads
2: so, so it's, it's really funny that, that you asked that because there's, there's a lot of different caveats to that story. So for me, when I was in the hospital, you know, I would have classmates come in and visit me and, and they would ask, you know, is, is there anything you want us to tell, you know, the kids back at school? And I said, well, you know, just tell them I'm the same person. I'm just shorter and on wheels. You know, there's nothing different about me you know, don't worry about it. It's, you know, it's cool. I'm cool with it. Um, I found out that there were a lot of different stories that somehow made it back to the people in my town and, and my classmates. Um, at one point I was in a full body cast. One of the stories was I was in a full body cast Um one story was I was completely fine and I was just going to come back to school and everything was okay. There, I wasn't paralyzed or nothing. Um, yeah, so people really there, there were not
1: good lot. at the phone game, were they? Yeah, all-
2: <laughs> no, no. And, and this was '94, So, you know, cell phones had just started coming out. So you really didn't mm. have that, um, you know, people talking too much. Um, wow! And so there, there were a lot of different stories and, and, People were definitely, um, they were concerned, you know, about how I was going to be and and how things were going to be when I got back. Cause I wasn't going to be the same. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't the same person. Um, a lot of people, I think they fed off from my personality in that I was okay with it. So they were okay with it.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, when going back to school, like, was it hard for you as far as, like, accessibility? So, I mean, especially going from, like, that, getting out that Thursday and then going, like, right back to school. Accessibility was a big issue for me when I went back to school. How did the school help you and you adapt to that?
2: Luckily, and, and this, is, this is out of the norm for, you know, back in Michigan, everything is upstairs, um oh, no. you know because of the snow and just because of of building codes back there i mean just the the basic there um oddly enough my school had no steps up into the school the the whole entire school itself was all one level and completely really wheelchair accessible which in all of say 12 grades in in my little hometown i was the only person in a wheelchair i was the only person with any
1: oh we just lost
0: some of your sound here dominic that's i mean you know what he talks about one of the things that he taught he's talking about is is how much friends and the people in your life can really help you in times of need like this and i think it's a, a very powerful message and powerful story for a lot of people when you start thinking about that because it's the same thing with me I went right back to school too and I would have never been able to do it if it wasn't for my friends helping me, my family helping me and having an awesome amazing support system to allow me to degree what happened but also not dwell on what is going to happen right or who and and, and still allow me to be me and all these different things, and supporting me all the way through it, and pushing me to be back in social situations, back in all the different, you know, aspects of college life that we were in, and all those things, it was, it It really was a huge thing, and that's something that I could say to all these people, anybody who's listening, who's new, you, you look for people who are positive, that can push you, and and really help yeah. you understand that, It doesn't matter if you're in a chair. Just Mm -hmm. like you can still make, you can still make and do it and accomplish goals. You know.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what helped, and that's what helped me. My family didn't; they didn't let me be kind of sit and and dwell on on anything. It was like you better figure it out, basically.
2: (laughs) Get back on the horse. That was one of the things too for me was. You know, my dad. He was so he was so supportive. My my whole family was. My whole hometown really was. Um, everybody around me really was. Um, but my dad and I, you know, him and I were like the best of friends. We rode motorcycles together and and horses. And you know, I grew up on a little hobby farm, so I was out there splitting wood and baling hay and you know doing all those those sort of things. And and. Luckily, my dad was, he was a general contractor, is a general contractor, and he builds residential homes. Mm. And, and so modifying our house to be wheelchair accessible was, was very easy for him to, to make those renovations and stuff. And, and his goal, it was, it was so funny, one of his first things of me getting out of the hospital was he wanted to know how are we going to get Dom back on a motorcycle again? how is that going to happen? And, and so instead of, you know, building a trike or anything like that, the first step was how to get me on the passenger seat of a motorcycle. And so he put on foot plates on the back of his bike and made the seat, you know, a little bit bigger. And it was like, okay, now how is Dom going to transfer to the seat? How is he going to get up there? Um, We actually would, I was strong enough to be able to transfer to the seat and then put myself up in the passenger seat. And then he'd put my feet, my feet on the foot plates and we'd actually rubber band. He had these giant rubber bands and he would band my feet to the, the actual foot plates so that my feet wouldn't fall off when we were riding. And then I would just hold on to him for dear life. And, you know, we'd turn (laughs) and, and, you know, it was, it was game on from there. It's funny the
0: the difference the difference in the things that your friends mm-hmm. and all this stuff do, and they do it you know they're not doing it for you know negative reasons or anything of the sort. But you said your dad was like, "How are we going to get him on a motorcycle again?" My friends are like, "How are we going to get him to bong beers again?" Right? So <laughs> like they figured out ways to figure out. Oh, just do it this way. We're making bong go this way. We'll mm-hmm. figure. You know what I mean? Like it's so. Mm-hmm. Is it, but it's, but it's, it's awesome, right? I mean, it is, it is really great. And that's, a, that's such a cool story that, that your dad got you back on there. That's awesome. You
2: know? one, of, one of the biggest things that I've, I've seen over the years, and, and I love it, is my friends forget that I'm in a wheelchair. Yep. And Arms. they apologize for forgetting that I'm in a wheelchair. And I said, <laughs> no, this is a good thing. like like for example um back in high school i used to have this really good friend we're still friends to this day um but we used to always go to our our hometown subway like for wednesday dinners and just go and hang out and have a you know sandwich and a drink and and just talk and one time she had driven And she had taken my chair apart and put it in the back seat of the car. And we get to Subway and she gets out of her car. She walks up to the door. She grabs the door, open the door. And she's standing there waiting for me. She's looking at me like, come on, Dom. Like, why are you still sitting in the car? Yeah. Yeah. And I I pointed to the back and I said, Dom, wheelchair? And she's like, oh, (laughs) crap. (laughs) <laughs> she's like i totally Mm-mm. forgot so she goes get out, and she's like oh my god i'm so sorry i can't that's awesome because that means you don't put that weight on my wheelchair that's not an important thing and mm-hmm. i like that and I've, mm-hmm. I've been so glad that people over the years do they forget that i'm in a chair that means i'm just the same again i'm, I'm no different
4: yeah
0: don you were gonna ask a question
3: well uh so just kind of following the uh track of your life here you're in arizona now right dominic
2: yeah yeah so i i moved here right out of high school i moved out here i came to college out here Um, I lived in Phoenix and and the suburbs for probably about six, eight years. Um, Mm. Then I left, I went to California and I became the proverbial fart in a windstorm for probably what, 15 years, 20 years, and then about three years ago, moved back.
3: Yeah, I think when I met you, you were working for Arizona State Parks and working on making a state parks more accessible to people with disabilities. Can you kind of talk about that? For and I know you're not with them any longer, but.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, I ended up getting a, a job at Arizona State Parks, and um, this was uh, about a year and a half ago now. Um, and uh, I started as their, their ADA intern, just helping with accessibility stuff and, and trying to figure things out. Um, essentially, by my experience and everything, became their ADA coordinator um, and was building and, and assessing all of their accessibility throughout all their parks. Um, and, and with all of my background nature in, in nature and outdoors, um, between adapted mountain biking and camping and hiking and kayaking and all of that, Um, I was able to bring that experience to the table and help make the parks realize how accessible they already were and make the changes they needed to to be more accessible. Um, and then then Oh, I'm sorry, were they receptive to, you know,
3: your input and spending money and making things more accessible.
2: Very much so, um, and, and the the one of the things that was really cool about my experience there was that they were they were trying to follow a lot of like ADA guidelines, and um, which they're required to do so, but they didn't have to make the entire park wheelchair accessible. The requirements were only for certain amenities certain percentages of things and so they were so scared like oh my god we're gonna have to spend millions of dollars to make our entire park accessible and and so i had to i was able to sort of calm them back down okay yes part of it does need to be and these are the requirements but you can also do smaller things to make it accessible for guys that are crazy like me that wanna go out and mountain bike a trail and it doesn't necessarily need all of the ADA modifications, but some modifications make it accessible to an adapted bike, to an adapted hiker. Um, And so they could do minimal changes and, and open the door to even more visitors.
0: Well, I mean, that's super cool. I mean, that's, you know, not necessarily my thing. I'm not, I'm not quite the green, I'm not quite the green penis you are, but, (laughs) but it's cool. I know everybody, a lot of other people like it and that's something that we can kind of transition to, you know, you're doing a lot of cycling things. I mean, you even started up a, a couple of companies, right? One, there's one in China, you said one in China, one, one
2: here. So you want to talk a
0: little
2: bit I, about that? Yeah, so um, it it it's kind of a long story, but I started using hand cycling as my primary sport back in 2010. Um, I had just come back from a trip to Australia, and I was hand cycling with some friends there. I grabbed a borrowed bike, and and just got bit. Um, absolutely loved it. Started competing here when I got back to the states. Um, and through the knowledge that I started to gain, I started teaching others, and, and I found a, a real knack for that. So I got asked by the Triumph Foundation out in California when I was living there to develop a hand cycle program for them. And so, with some grant money and some time, we developed a program there, started doing monthly clinics, um, introducing people to hand cycling. And then if they wanted to, you know, bridge it even further, then I would help them train for racing or whatever they wanted. Um, and then a couple of years into that, um, got um, approached by a guy in China, in Beijing, wanting me to come to China and speak about my experiences, my activities, things like that. And we were using my hand cycling and and being the professional sponsored athlete um, in as my sort of that's what my catch was and we so I brought my bike over to China and the first trip back in two thousand and thirteen we traveled all over China rural areas, all the big cities um, for twenty six days mm. and Introduce people to hand cycling and then was able to also teach people wheelchair skills from there. Um, teaching them what technology exists here in the United States, what mm-hmm. accessible features there are. Um, and, and then, you know, sort of the more, I guess you'd, I mean, here it'd be the intermediate skills, but like wheelies and curb jumps and things like mm-hmm. that. Teaching them that was opening the world to them because it's so inaccessible there. Mm -hmm. So teaching those skills gave them access to the world outside of their home. Um, And then with that, we were able, the guy who uh, invited me over there became an actual really good friend of mine and, and now business partner. And him and I, we've developed programs now over there for cycling for swimming um, wcmx um, all sorts of different sports over there now um, and we continue to to grow from there
0: i'm going i wanna, i'm going to let everybody get a chance to kind of follow up on that but i do mm-hmm. want to make one quick point and the fact that if you've noticed over the last few interviews that we've done you've seen people who take something that is an interest to them and one turn it into a way to rehabilitate themselves a way to get themselves out of the house and then also be able to turn it into a way to become financially independent in the fact that you don't always have to say, all right, now I'm in a chair. Oh, I can't work. I can't find a job. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to figure things like that out. And I'm so glad that you did. And I'm so glad that you, you did that. Um, I know these guys probably have some questions for you as far as cycling and stuff goes and those kind of things. But I just wanted to point that out because I think it's a very, very important thing for a lot of people who, don't, who may feel lost of what to do with as far as work and things of that goes uh, you know i think everybody here has has mm-hmm. found a, an interest in, in what they do and found a way to be financially independent with that interest so i think that's
1: awesome so does this mean that i don't have to be sued i can actually send it over to dominic
0: yeah, As long as they don't come my way, I don't care. Money bags
2: over there. Well, it, you know, I, I may be a, a business owner, but you know, I, I barely got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. So, <laughs> but still, you know, you, know
4: I mean? you didn't. I mean, I always like when I when I met um, Dom. That's when. Look, oh, okay, I'm. I call him Dom. I'm sorry. But when I met him, <laughs> um, he—that's how I sparked the interest in cycling. Um, as everybody know, you know, being disabled, it's hard to stay active and get cardio in. And um, cycling is one thing that I really um, kind of want to get in, get into, to be more, you know, to be more healthier. If you ever, if you see Don, you will know what I mean dom has some guns as they were give
0: us a soft flex dom.
4: <laughs> there you go know. and so um look at me i'm glad you say look i'm gonna I'm take you up on this training because i'm gonna need a whole lot of because i'm scary that's my whole thing dom does some crazy like some crazy stuff. If you watch some of his videos or follow him online, I'd be like, oh my Lord, I have to rewatch it like three times because I can't believe that, you know, some of the stuff that he does on these cycles. So, so um,
1: how do you... By, by the way, Don, would you, like to, uh, would you like to tell us what... You have a site or something that people can go to, like a website, don't
0: you?
2: So, yeah. So, my company, like LaRonda said, is called Extreme Abilities, um and if you type in extremeabilities.com, that's my website. Is that um, extreme
0: same- like you spell it or is that X Stre X? No, no, I sell
2: I spell it the, the normal way. Okay. Um <laughs> Just Jack. <checking. laughs> yeah. Um and and all the social media I have Instagram, I've got Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the, the major ones. Um and uh uh, I'm actually in the process right now of of completely rebuilding my website. It should be, hopefully the new one should be live here in the next week or two. Um, I'm not the greatest at coding, so it's, uh, it's taken me a lot longer, but um, I did want to say, you know, LaRonda, you, you know, you have such an interest in, in cycling and, and I want to, you know, I want to let people know that for me, cycling was one of those things that. I found it was the one sport that anyone could do with any ability level or any disability. Um, I've literally duct taped quadriplegic's hands to the hand cranks and got them out cranking. I've gotten single arm amputees, single leg, double leg amputees. If you've got one arm, you can ride a bike. And, and you can ride it at any level, you know, people, people look at the, you you mentioned about like the crazy things I've done. And, and one of the things that we did, um, over in China was we did what was called the dream ride. And we actually rode our hand cycles across. I had a team of guys ride across China over four years. So we would ride like 500 miles in say a week and a half and camp along the way. And then the next year, we'd start where we finished the previous year and just continue on.
1: I was gonna ask if what were you doing for those whole four years?
2: So we, we would ride for say like 10, 11 days and we would get about 500 miles depending on the terrain and then continue on the next year. And we bit off, I think it ended up being about 3,700 miles total.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and, and, and so we did the 3,700 miles and, and people are like, oh my God, there's no way I could ever ride that far. And, and I said, well, you don't have to. You can ride around your block. You can ride a mile. Whatever you're riding is more than what you did before. Um, you don't have to go to you know, the full extent. Um, extreme Abilities was put on the premise to show the extreme of what's possible. But it doesn't mean you have to go there. Well, if you put me
0: on a bike, I, I want to go straight downhill and head and jump. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> look at me. I just
4: want to look at me. I want to be cute and healthy. I want to have my hair. Well, on. You
0: already, you're already there, Lorraine. I want to have there, the outfit,
4: the outfit <laughs> on, and I just want to look at me, and I just want to go and be cute. That's what. I want.
1: <laughs> now you know. I've been bite, I've been hand pedaling before, and I know it is possible to tip those suckers if you turn them short Oh, I've you'll no, uh,
0: tip them. all right. No. that's what I'm looking for. What, Lorraine? No, I'm, no, 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 I'm just I'm no. just letting you know. Just be no. <laughs>
4: Don't scare me, you know. That's what I just tell you. I'm trying, but if you throw that fear out there, I'm gonna be like, no.
1: You're good, Lorraine. No, you're You'll good, Lorraine. Right. You're good. I mean, yeah. so I won't tell you the story, but anyways, no. <laughs> the the you know you you really have to you really have to do like a 180 with the bike at a high speed to get it to tip. I mean, you have to really you have to take a sharp turn to really make those suckers chip
2: okay Tom, so I or, have... am i wrong so so my job <laughs> on my business card is crash test dummy and That's what i'm <laughs> talking about i like it so like i i crashed everything and yeah. yes you can crash a hand cycle it is possible but it is very difficult you have to yeah. try hard
1: yeah, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. It's
4: if well, I Eric, I'm gonna find you, and I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna kick my butt, aren't you? <laughs> I'm gonna do more to kick your butt. Let <laughs> me fall. Look, let me uh, fall. Scratch up my scratch my elbow.
0: <laughs> I want to. uh I want to ask you a few questions. I get. I get a lot of these questions asked to me, and and I they they tell me that I should be asking everybody these questions. So. I do want to ask you as a as a person with a disability um you live independently correct Mhm Yep
2: okay yeah I have uh, ever since I left home What
0: what are your like uh say bowel routines and bladder routines like how do those how do those work for you
2: So I my my bowel program has been real easy for me I, I think out of anything of of being paralyzed that's that's been the one easy thing um so for me it's get up go to the toilet i'm there maybe 10 minutes i'm done i'm off and to the races wow
0: do you, um, do you, do you use like a magic like magic bullets or what
2: do you use any t- anything like that so um for me it's just digital stem. um you know, a good old glove and, and a little lube and, yeah, for sure. um, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's been, I've been fortunate with that. Um, Do you, are you, a I, very,
0: are you extremely healthy
2: eater though, too, as well? I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, you know, I would say I'm, I'm in the middle um, I do definitely watch what I eat and and my body tells me whether it likes it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Real easily. <laughs> um, but uh, and then you know, I just kind of backtrack a little bit, you know, if I do have an accident or you know, have some troubles or whatnot, then it's like, okay, what did I eat? What was out of the ordinary? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those sort of things. Um and um with my bladder my bladder on the other side that's been a a, a point of trouble ever since the beginning um i used to be i have what they call a neurogenic bladder um so i have in other words it's a spastic bladder
4: um
2: and and so um i've always had problems um you know leaking and, and stuff like that um and it's 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 been trouble Um, I was on meds for a long time. I got to the highest dosage of the meds and I was still having problems. And I had talked to a few different people. Some people had had like bladder enlargements. Um, They'd gone through like major surgery for that. Um, Some people have gone to even a suprapubic catheter. Um, I still use an intermittent catheter. Um, Have you ever tried uh, Botox? I don't have any. Uh, So that's what I ended up doing was I talked to some friends and they had really, really good results with doing Botox injections. And so I started that, um, probably about four years ago. I think it was, um, every quarter I go in and I get injections done, um, I'm I'm actually a, a pretty good patient when it comes for that. I go in just to my doctor's office and he, uh, not to get too graphic. graphic but, um, he'll he'll I gave a disclaimer in. in the beginning. Fire away.
0: <laughs> <Yep>.
2: <laughs> yeah. No hold. So people
0: want to know this shit, man. I'm telling you right now. This is like yes. what everybody I, wants
1: to know. I so. know people that yeah. are having
2: issues with this right now. So yeah. Right.
1: Any any yeah. knowledge you can lay on us.
2: Yeah. So, so for me, I'm on the easier side of the process. Um, They, they used to have me go into like an operating room. They would put me under sedation and they would do the injections and it was this big process and some people that is necessary. Some people are very, very spastic or, um they can't handle the you know the sight of the, the probe going in and, and things like that. Um I, I mean I, I have to say um when the doctor came at me with the probe and he's got this fiber optic camera and this giant needle and he's gonna stick that up in me and I'm like oh wait, you gonna put that where? <laughs> um wow. I was like I'm secure in my size and all, but damn. you're just gonna rip the tip open my man god damn like this this is no um i'm i'm like i said i'm i'm on the good side of it where i can go to my doctor's office he doesn't have to put me under um they do put me in a chair with stirrups so so like girls that go and get like checkups and stuff i I feel (laughs) you Cause yeah, there's usually my doctor and at least two young female nurses, and and they are there like, and I'm just exposed to the world. <laughs> now the stirrups,
1: I'm sure, are so that your leg don't spasm and and,
0: and yeah, yeah. They welcome to the world of being the- disabled, huh? Yeah. everybody's everybody you know has seen you naked. Dude. Oh, no. something you got to yeah. deal with.
1: <laughs> yeah you know it, it, it's
4: like go oh, ahead, go ahead i don't minute. say it's just, it's just it's it's easy. i mean i'm i'm fascinated by it or just i ain't gonna say fascinated but it's like you know being being a female um just how oh i don't know what happened
1: you're what kidding? i, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I
0: Stop did
4: something on- wrong
0: pushing buttons um, i uh i also do the do the botox but because of my autonomic dysreflexia they have to i have to go under i have to do the, you, this okay yeah, there you yeah. but oh, i think okay. it's helped me like it's a ton like i i mean i can tell as soon as it wears off man as soon as it starts to wear off i'm like god dang i gotta get in there and get that done again
1: yep yep you know <laughs> dominic i can relate with you with having the interns I don't know what it is the doctors and like surgeries and stuff but like when i had my surgeries when i was 13 years old i swear they invited like seven people into the room they're like oh you got to see this here come here, come here. You <laughs> oh, mark, and you know? there i am naked and i got all kinds of drawings on my body and they're like oh take a look at this take a look at this and i'm just i like, mean when so-
0: you're, you're
2: hung like a horse but everybody wants to see <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> So when I first got hurt, um, one of the one of the drawbacks I did have was the the paramedics had left me on the longboard for like eight hours flat on my back, oh. um, going through all the the initial emergency stuff and and bringing me into the emergency room and all of that. So I actually started my spinal cord injury with a decubitus ulcer on my tailbone, the size of a silver dollar. I was just gonna ask on that, yeah. And, and so I had to heal from that. Well, you talk about people coming in and seeing you every Thursday, they would come in and take a picture of my butt and the sore with a tape measure. And they would put that in the doctor's room in the rehab hospital. So anybody that came into that room saw my behind. (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: the life of being being in a chair man i'm telling everybody you know and everybody you don't know is all sitting naked oh yeah
1: (laughs) so true it's so true
3: yeah dominic did you did you have to deal with any chronic pain or do you still deal with anything or do you have to take anything for pain
2: Um, you know again i've been super fortunate um i don't have any nerve pain um, I don't have any, any, like any pain or anything below my injury. I, my injury is complete. So I've got nothing. Um, I've been super lucky with that. Um, unfortunately the last couple years, um, they found, I have degenerative arthritis in both of my shoulders. Um, and I have, um, I have major inflammation in both shoulders and they said that the, the, I always, I, I kind of put it up to, you know, penance from a life well lived is what I would, I would say, right. um, you know, I've brutalized my body over the last 25 years and I figure, okay, it's, it's time I'm paying for having a lot of fun. Mm. Um, but they said that the degenerative arthritis was actually something that was genetic um, oh, wow. It actually came from my mom 's side. her brothers and everybody had had it. Um, it was just kind of luck of the draw, really. Um, so i 'm going through trying to figure out different treatments and stuff like that for the the pain and the inflammation in my shoulders um, and and just trying to work that all out um, mm-hmm. that 's really all I deal with.
4: Uh-oh right you know um, I just actually am the, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't deal with like nerve pain or I don't deal with what kind of any of that but my shoulders are starting to bother me. so I started like um, I want to say it's like a stim- stimulator so I put the probes on yeah I put the probes <laughs> on the front look I, hey I'm new to this so I put them on the front <laughs> the back of each shoulder and for a whole hour, they're like jumping <laughs> and it, it makes, it, it really, really has been helping, um, you know, helping with that. And they stopped me from lifting my arms above my head.
2: Yeah. The, so, the pain stopped you from lifting or no, doubt, yeah, the
4: therapist, they don't want me to lift anything like, like lift. Yeah. I'm not supposed to lift anything above the head. Yeah. Um, so I don't do any of that. And I just use these, um, Use those. What you call it? Uh, um, Sean?
0: pack or 10 units. Unit. Yeah.
4: Okay. So I use those, and I do it like every other night, and it feels so good. I actually, use them on my legs just to see how it will work. It really works. So maybe try try that because I'm I'm a, I am i am do not like surgery. I try to yeah. stay away from it, but try that and see if that'll help with some of um the pain in your shoulders.
1: I, right, I I also will. Had- I had a pain injury. Uh, I had an injury a, a microscopic tear in my rotor cuff from uh, swimming back in the nineties and i'd say two years ago, I had starting to get sh- i started to get shoulder pains in both shoulders and uh, what I did is I went in for acupuncture mm-hmm. and I went in for five treatments and after that fifth treatment it got remapped or something because I do not feel the pain nearly what I did, if, if, if at all. Um, really? Yeah. My pain is gone. Um, I did, I combined it with meditation yeah. and I can tell you that there was a, a mental shift. And I also have been working with something similar to the TENS unit. Um, it's called alpha stim and mm-hmm. what it is, it's, it has these two probes and then you cross section your injury. Um, with it and the unit itself is something that you can get prescribed from a doctor, but it, uh, insurance doesn't necessarily cover it unless you're a vet. If you're a veteran, then insurance covers it because it's FDA approved and it's, 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 it's like the, it's like another evolution of alpha stem. And, but I tried it, I tried it with someone else who had a, um, a really sore back from doing heavy lifting and uh, previous back injury. We tried it twice in one day, took two minutes on each time, and the guy came back, and for the next two weeks, he said, mm-hmm. I've never slept so good in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I got up. I didn't feel any pain. So, I mean, there's something to remapping. Even though the injury may still be there, there's something to remapping how we, how, we, uh, uh, our, how our minds associate with it, and, and uh, sometimes what that'll do is that'll actually help in the healing process because... Now, we're not sending that current that's going to inflame it so much.
0: So, At least that's I got theory. this thing right here. <laughs> <laughs> right. This thing is a little acupuncture machine. Mm. So oh, you know what? I don't work. think that's what people thought it was. No, I, it's, like, it's electrical thing. So you go over and it'll find the nerve. And when it finds the nerve, it'll send an electrical impulse to those areas uh, right so then, so then stimulate it which then brings the blood oxygen or whatever back up to mm. it. And it i literally got it for 15 dollars oh, how do you okay. like it yeah you can get them online um i don't i don't know if it says the name of it on here uh but i'll I'll look and see Never and I'll, heard. Put, I'll say it on the next one our next podcast i'll say what it is i'll look it up um oh, but they, it, it's got like 10 different um you know intensity levels and uh it worked man it's nice it's really it's a really nice thing it's pretty awesome it's very cool yeah you guys thought it was gonna be something nasty didn't you it you looked, it looked like something, something else nasty. it looked like something <laughs> else <laughs> look i know we're uh we're coming close to the end of our time um don was there anything that you had left that you wanted to put out there or
3: ask well we didn't get into talking about the car you're rebuilding but that could be a whole uh another episode but uh that's really cool i think you said you're working on it I mean, we
2: can get into it real quick if you want
3: yeah, to yeah
2: want yeah to? so i um you know i've always been a gearhead i've always been into motorcycles and cars and trucks and all of that and and always been a wrench and um i just you know, through my own trials and tribulations learned how to do things again from a chair. Um, the first thing i started working on, I was working on a motorcycle actually right before I got injured and I was restoring one and it was still sitting there when I got out of rehab and I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to do this now because I got to finish this project. And so that was the first of, of many then builds after Um, right now I'm in the process of building a 1972 Chevy one ton pickup. Um, they, they called it a long horn edition and it's actually, um, an extended long box. Um, so it has an eight and a half foot bed in it. Um, and I've put a 2002 Tahoe engine and transmission in it. So it has modern fuel injection it actually has power windows, power door locks, cruise control, um, you know all the modern conveniences in an old truck. Um, and And one of the things that i've I've tried to do with it is is same with my like hand cycle instruction and same with a lot of the things that I try to do is from my own experience and and what I learn, I try to teach other people things that are possible. Um, if a guy wants to go and wrench. This is it's possible. Yes, you can go. You can climb underneath a truck and do all this sort of stuff. You can do all these things, and these are the changes that I've had to make, say, to my workbenches. To um, you know, it's like I have a Hoyer lift. I have a manual Hoyer lift that I use in my shop to pick up like transmissions and engine blocks and stuff like that. Um, I've modified my workbenches to be at the proper height, my drill press, things like that. Um, And then I also, I've I've kind of used it as a a tool to show people when I teach like a wheelchair skill, like a floor transfer. Okay, well, this is what you can do out in the public, but I also use a floor transfer when I need to get down on the ground to change a tire or to crawl underneath a truck to do an oil change or... You know things like that um so I use those kind of in tandem um, but just always figuring stuff out and and trying different things and learning you know it's 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 edison you know they they talks about he didn't fail he just found nine hundred nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine ways not to make a light bulb <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: You he just stole it from Nikolai Tesla, but that's oh. another story. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there,
2: but that's just what I heard. Me neither. Me neither. Um, but no, but that's yeah, cool. It's it's again. It's it's you know. You guys talked about it earlier. Is is you find your your passion, you find what you're good at, what you're interested at, and and you go for it. Um, whether you can make it a business, whether it's just a hobby. um, I found that was one of the most overwhelming things that I found in my disability was when I first got hurt, I thought life was over. I thought, check me into a nursing home, I'm done. And I found that nothing could be further from the truth. I I found that I could do all the things that I ever wanted to do. Even to the point of I couldn't exactly play soccer anymore, but I coached, I was able to still be on the field and I was still able to be in that environment. It wasn't the same capacity, but it was still there. Um, You know, I'm still able to wrench. I'm still able to ride bikes. I'm able to ride motorcycles. I'm able to off-road in Jeeps and, Mm -hmm. and do, you know, live independently and, and all of those sort of things, um, all of those things were possible. Um, and and I like to show people that it is, that it's just possible, whether you want to do it or not. It's like, I've gone skydiving now three times. Um, I, have done three tandem jumps and, and one of my friends, she was trying to show her boyfriend who was in a chair, She was like badgering. him, like, Oh, you got to go skydiving. Dom's gone skydiving. Like it'd be so much fun. And he's like, I could give two shits about going skydiving. (laughs) But it shows that those things are there if you want to do that.
0: Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think I'm telling you, I think that that's a, that's a, for me, that's a perfect place to end because it is the, it's the truth, man. That's what this Mm -hmm. podcast is all about. It's showing every showing anybody who watches that anything's possible. Um, find inspiration inside yourself. Find inspiration through other people. Mm-hmm. And just make it happen. You know what I mean? Like, there's ways. Where there's a will, there's a way. You know, when I first got into MMA judging, I, everybody was like, what the fuck do you know about kicking <laughs> people in the face? <laughs> but look, I know all about kicking people in the face. I just don't do it. Right, so it's like you, you got to figure out a way. You got to break through your barriers, man. You got to bust through that shit. And I'm telling you, I appreciate. We all appreciate you being here mm-hmm. because you you've inspired us. And if you can inspire us, you can inspire anybody, man. So I appreciate it. The great, the powerful, the inspirational, dominant cord. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. I really do. Uh, thank, you thank, thank you, you. It's really you cool. guys. Thank you. Really Awesome. Anything, any of you, you already gave your plugs on where to find you, right? Yep. You Extreme Abilities.
2: Um, there is, just so people know, there is another Extreme Abilities down in South Africa that centralizes on surfing. So if you do type in Extreme Abilities and you see a lot of surfing stuff, I'm not a surfer. I don't do that stuff. The guys, <laughs> cool, we just happen to have the same business name. Right. On.
0: Well, check them out, everybody. Dominic Corden, Eric, appreciate you. Don, appreciate you. Laronda, always appreciate you. And that's the quadriplegics episode. I
2: appreciate Peace. you guys. Peace. Peace.